Hi, everybody, and welcome to the European VC podcast. I am Andreas, and with me co-hosting today's episode is Omar from the Mina Tech Fund. Today, we have with us Said, Vice President of the Dubai Chamber of Digital Economy, where he works towards the transformation of the city of Dubai into an international technology hub. Said was previously the director of Dubai Future Academy, an initiative under Dubai Future Foundation. He also has led projects for the foundation, such as the Global Coders Initiative, the One Million Arab Coders Project, as well as the foundation's upskilling program. Additionally, he has considerable experience at the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center as mission strategist for the Emirates Mars Mission and program director for the UAE's 100-year exploration strategy, the Mars 2117 program. So, listeners, as you can hear, we're in for a special episode. We're here to talk about the North Star Conference and how that is placing with the region in uh, the Middle East. So I'm super excited for this. If you're listening in and love our show, do drop us a review, follow the pod, and subscribe at eu.vc. Tear down this wall. It's more than just an alliance. This, this is a union of values, values. United and determined, we can serve as a model for other regions of the world. The nature of a problem, problem requires a European response. Europe is a story of new beginnings, new, new beginnings. Let's start acting, acting, acting. This show is not investment advice and the hosts of this episode may be invested in the funds and companies featured. And for more information about the business and Dubai program connecting VCs and founders to investors, plus more, check out the show notes for this episode on eu.vc. Said, it's amazing to have you with us. Let's, let's start by um, setting the scene and tell our audience a bit about your background and kind of what brought you to the chamber and you know, the journey you've been on in the last few years. Thank you, uh, Amar and Andres, for, for having me uh, today. It's a pleasure to be here. So as you guys mentioned, yes, I did start my career in the space program, worked in particularly uh, on the Emirates Mars mission, which successfully reached Martian orbit in, uh, you know, just before Valentine's of 2021, uh, as well as the Mars 2117 strategy, which is the UAE's space exploration uh, strategy for the next hundred years, and a lot of the efforts that the UAE is doing space uh, in space is led by by that. So that it was a, a great honor to be to be involved in that project. As a result of that, uh, I, I moved to the Dubai Future Foundation, which is an organization that looks at Dubai's future, as it has future in the middle of it of its name, with really a focus on sort of long term horizons, you know, twenty years plus and, and the like. So working on different policies, strategies, programs, initiatives, and things like that. I headed the uh, capacity building vertical within within the Dubai Future Foundation. Uh, and, and worked on initiatives like the One Million Arab Coders Initiative and the Global Coders Initiative, which is, as the name states, building uh, and really building capacity for, in, in the first instance, the a million Arabs on how to really become programmers for the ecosystem. And, and really that got me a good insight on sort of ecosystem building and what needs to happen for ecosystems to really be able to make the most out of talent uh, and, and see that growth happening in terms of, of filling the gaps 
and having people do well and thrive. So thankfully, we were able to hit a million, 1.2 million people for the uh, 1 million Arab coders initiative. And then as a result of that, uh, I then moved into the Dubai Chamber of Digital Economy. Just to give you a bit of a background of sort of the Dubai Chambers of Digital Economy, I have to step back a little bit. So as you guys know, every city has its own chamber of commerce. In Dubai, we have it a little bit different. So our post-COVID response to to this was to say, okay, the landscape has changed. uh, And as such, the Chamber of Commerce in Dubai was split into three semi-independent chambers. One is focused on sort of outward expansion for companies in Dubai. We still have the regular Chamber of Commerce. And then comes in the Dubai Chamber of Digital Economy. And what we are, we are basically the only organization that looks at the digital economy in Dubai and and what that means is we help companies both locally and those coming from abroad, as well as investors, founders, MNCs, unicorns, everyone, as long as they're you know within the tech tech space, was you know things as simple as hey, I'm ex- yeah, I'm interested in exploring the market, the setup to market access, to advocacy, uh, all the way to really helping these companies use Dubai's infrastructure and use Dubai as a launch pad for growth uh, and serving global markets. So within our network, we do have 24 international offices around the world, which act as nodes for companies in Dubai that want to expand and explore uh, uh, these markets. So that's just a a gist of of, of myself and what we do. One thing that kind of strikes in everything that you said to me, a lot of the roles you've had always had the word future in them. Um, And I think that's kind of a testament of where Dubai is and wants to be. But before we get get deep into that, a couple of things, tell us a couple of things interesting about you that nobody will know, but we should know ahead of Northstar. Don't hold back. An interesting story going back to the, the one of the projects I worked on, which is the Mars 2117. The whole experience started as a VR simulation of how Mars would look like in 100 years. So we created a, a, a VR simulation that actually and, and a rover of how that would look like in 100 years. And I was actually, so people can actually YouTube this if you just write Mars 2117 and go through sort of the video you can see a mini, a mini me in VR on Mars. On, on Mars, so do that as you will. The other thing is, I am, a, I am a recent dad. So uh, for for those that have gone through this process, it, it's uh, it's like adding, you know, a, a a sort of new new pair of goggles on life. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's been uh, quite a ride. It also adds depth to all conversations, right? Because now you're seeing Omar and me smiling with our, I think we have equally big teeth and we're both like, ah, fuck, it's so nice. I wow. parent. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. In terms of conversations, I don't know about the depth. You start talking about diapers and, and all of these, these kind of things. So so that's a that's a, certainly a different type of depth. Uh, well, uh, uh, let's call it emotional depth, right? Yes, <laughs> yes diapers, There's a lot of emotions around diapers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I have a ten year old turning eleven this week, so you know I, I I like I said to Andreas before I hang on to every little thing I get. So any moment no. he gives me, I'll I'll bank it. I'll bank it before it's too late. 
So well, Said, because you just you only just had your had, had your child. I have a three and a, a five year old, so I'm in the thick of it. So, so I'm I'm just trying to get everything and get on with it. <laughs> You're trying to you know systemize systemize things, systemize yeah. the process. I feel like with Said, there seems to be you know he, he Mars, VR on the planet, launched on Valentine's Day, Father. So he's got his hands full on every single spectrum. But Said, look, it's. A lot of people ask us about Dubai and mm. where Dubai has been and where yeah. Dubai is going. And it's been rapid. The growth has been mm. rapid. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. From your experience over the last few years that you've been involved in the ecosystem, but in different manners of it, what has contributed to that success? And um, where, you know, what, what are the things that you've seen over, let's mm. say, over the last five years that have really kind yeah. of taken us to where we are now? No, absolutely. I think I think the main the main thing is really on on two folds. One is a mindset uh, mindset play. Really, I think if you look at the region, you have many different countries that are much more resource uh, richer than than the UAE or in particular Dubai, rich by either you know hydrocarbons or by geography or even by uh, historical historical importance, whether it's an example, it could be Libya that has, mm. you know, as much or even more Roman uh, Roman artifacts uh, than Rome itself. So I think for us, as a result of that, it sort of humbled us, but gave us this uh, mindset to be able to uh, to really look at look at life differently, which might even arise from uh, from really living in the desert. You know, but I, I usually give an example of it, in, in anywhere around the world, for you to navigate things, you you have a landmark, there's a tree, there's a mountain, something like that. And with the desert sort of uh, winds, a few a few days after that, it's not it's not there anymore. So you have to really know where you're going and sort of be be comfortable with with ambiguity a little bit. Uh, and just you know you know you you have a you have a vision, you have a, a place you need to be, and you just work towards that it was it's quite entrepreneurial or in, in a primal uh, sense the other thing i would say is which a lot of people don't know it's dubai has gone through a lot of ups and downs historically so i'll give you an example uh, or actually let me ask you guys a question when do you think dubai had the first the first sort of business friendly policy or or initiative what at the what year the first business friendly, yeah, like a, oh like an God. ecosystem policy, uh, so to speak. Oh my God, this is putting us on the spot. I am gonna have a quick guess and say two thousand and five. Andreas, yeah, I think I would have said probably yes, probably a bit later. Like I would have said two two thousand ten, but mm. I think. To our audience, Omar's guess is much more interesting because at that time I was. Yeah, it's going to be was... the it's going to be the wrong guess. So go on. <laughs> yeah. it, no, so yeah, it, it's it's actually eighteen thirty three. Um, it was ah. the first the first sort of uh, um, the 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 ruler at the, at the time uh, decided to to have Dubai be a sort of tax tax free city for regional uh, traders. What this ended up doing was, and, and this was, you know, as a result of not only a lack of resources or, you know, economic downturn at the time, uh, but as a result of that, it created sort of almost a century of 
of some form of prosperity. It not only attracted a lot of sort of business from the region, but Dubai was one of the main hubs for pearl uh, diving and sort of pearl trading, uh, which was great until uh, the you know 1930 when the Japanese created the artificial pearl, and that created a really a dip in uh, a crash uh, that was exacerbated by obviously the uh, the Great Depression or the impact of it. Yeah. And then that lasted uh, until uh, even post-World War II as we were sort of a British protectorate. So it was a compounded effect. But, but what ended up happening was every time after that, Dubai would actually uh, do better. Similarly happened as well in, the, in sort of the seven, 1971, we became sort of, we were our own city, our own country, so to speak. And so we became a country, a country with, with other cities that was, again, uh, quite new for this part of the world, even in terms of sort of a federal system of government that, that had a lot of sort of uh, challenges, similarly as well in the 80s. But then I think Dubai just kept on, as a city, kept on bouncing back 2x on average as a result of that. So, so, we're, so we've gone through these sort of ups and downs. It helped us really learn. But I think one thing that really embedded into Dubai and Dubai spirit is really the concept of what's good for business is good for Dubai. And if that is the constant, regardless of different aspects, different trends, usually the business community uh, adapts quite well. And the role of Dubai is to create that right ecosystem for that to happen. So I think that's it. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was just going to ask you about you know, what, what at least in the VC ecosystem would feel like the latest inflection point in, 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 in Dubai economy and society, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the fact that over the last five years, we've, we've gone from, from Dubai not being a place being spoken of necessarily as, as a hub in venture to, to mm-hmm. definitely now being the place where every VC is going to, to try and raise capital. We're hearing that, that you're coming mm-hmm. in as well to, to, to everyone everywhere else and hunting. Um, so I'd be very curious to to, to hear how, if that fits as an inflection point or if it's just something in our small sector yeah. and, and how it ties into to everything macroeconomically these days. No, definitely. And thank you. Thank you for, for getting me back on track. I think, you know, one thing we've seen, so previously to, to I'd say, five years, we have been, you know, gradually becoming this regional a hub for VCs, right? Whether it's, uh, um, you know, Dubai becoming, gradually becoming this platform for the region and to be able to really accelerate. But I think over the past five years, there have been a few things that that went quite well. One is as a result of COVID, um, we sort of were able to adjust to that very well. We had, you know, three weeks of full lockdown and that was, that was it uh, in Dubai. You know, so that what ended up creating is really a, a space for not only VCs but founders to be able to go somewhere during during that uh, that aspect. Uh, another thing as well is Dubai. Even even when we talk about the rest of sort of the region, Dubai has been a test bed for different things, whether it's COVID measures, whether it's different technologies and things like that. And this spirit of of experimentation requires you to really. Uh, be in touch with the ecosystem, in particular with uh, with VCs and founders, and really understand where are their pain points. So a lot of sort of the regulations and legislative aspects 
that really helped uh, VCs be able to, to set, set a foot, set a ground, uh, and really call Dubai home or even home away from home uh, was really set in place during, during this, this period of, of five years. I love how you said you went into lockdown for three weeks because the rest of us went into lockdown for a fair back a lifetime. And, and, and I think that's a, a, a testament of getting things done quickly. Mm-hmm. But in your journey, engaging with VCs and startups, because we still get asked, you know, is, it, is Dubai really a place where I can go and raise capital from? Is Dubai really a place I can deploy mm-hmm. from? And you touched on it being a testbed which is amazing for new technologies. And, and I think, you, you know, it'd be great to hear some examples of how that testbed is. From a, from a VC perspective, how have you seen the funding landscape evolve over the last few years here in Dubai? That's a great question. I think, you know, from, from our perspective, what we've seen is, is a few things, right? We've seen Dubai become a, a platform for talent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for talent that has potential elsewhere, they tend to come to Dubai, and in fact, we I know I know a VC that that their model is based on uh, Dubai becoming this platform that is able to filter in sort of the right type of founders that can go global or serve sort of global global markets. Uh, I think that's that's one of the things that that really sort of happened, which attracted a lot of sort of talent into uh, into the region. I think as a result as well is. So because of a few factors, one is Dubai has approximately 200 different nationalities. This allows a lot of founders to be able to experiment, even if it's a little bit with, with that community in Dubai, because, you know, I, I lived in the States for a few years. And when you live in the States, you gradually become Americanized. In Dubai, you actually stay as, as you are, if you like. A lot of the different sort of consumer behavior, a lot of different sort of mindsets sometimes are still as they are in those in those countries, right? Or as fresh as they can be. So founders can really, for example, be able to experiment with a particular solution or a product for their Filipino market, be able to test it a little bit. If they have positive sort of impact or return, then they can actually deploy it to some extent in a studied and experimented manner in the Philippines, uh, for example. The other thing is we, as, as a city, have been, love experimenting. So the government loves experimenting. I think this is a, a paradox. Yeah, so I was about to say that's something we've never heard about a government on this podcast before. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's, it's someone who's, I'll, I'll give you an example, right, from two, two aspects. One is uh, one that I've seen sort of firsthand, which is, for example, the, the Emirates Mars mission. Uh, usually it takes 12 years to be able to develop a mission for Mars. The mission took us six years to develop because we were able wow. to experiment with different, actually as simple as uh, sort of different types of partnerships, all the way to experimenting with sort of different types of of instruments, of even ways of doing things as well. So it allowed us to really cut the time and be able to do it, uh, you know, at a, at a much faster and even cost-effective way. The other thing is, one of the things that really was able to propel Dubai into sort of tech is the concept of cluster economies. So those of you who've been in Dubai might know, you know, the Dubai Internet City or the different free zones. So this, is, this is what we call the free zones, right? Yes. yes. Zone, so right? It, it, it really falls back to what is called the cluster economy model, where you have different ecosystems and communities 
that allow you to not only meet like-minded individuals that are going through uh, the same sort of trials that you're going through, you really pick the, the different talent that is in that space. And they happen to be from everywhere around the world as a result. I'll give you an example. Both Amazon and Meta experimented some of their solutions uh, for the, for global markets in Dubai. Meta tried it with WhatsApp, the sort of sending, how do you send an address uh, and pinpointing address locations uh, for the Pakistani and Indian markets because Dubai has a similar challenge uh, of, of hey, with, you know, locations. Cannot, with locations. Uh, with Amazon, for example, it was with the drone delivery. Uh, we do have quite, uh, particularly for commercial aspects, we do have uh, a favorable sort of drone policies that allows you to test test that. Currently, uh, Aramex, the Middle East's largest courier service, is testing that with a Colombian company. Um, and we're having as well sort of the regulator for road and transportation testing autonomous vehicles in, in one of those cluster economies, or uh, in particular, yeah. the Dubai Silicon Oasis area. So I think that that allows, in my opinion, VCs to be able to see what are the forefront of, of applied solutions on the ground, in particular, when we talk about, you know, whether it's products or even hard tech. I think it's interesting that you, you, you say, you know, you can actually build and test for markets from Dubai, but with the same kind of consumer habits that you would deploy in those markets. I, th- I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. And you're right, you kind of, you can build, now thinking about it, you can build here for the Asian market and still test it as if you were mm-hmm. testing in Asia, yeah. for the, even for the European market, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. That, that's a really interesting proposition. We often, we often think as kind of as VCs, as investors, you know, let's be in London or deploy out of London or the US because that's, you know, kind of that's where tech is kind of born out of and that's where it can go global. What would you say to somebody when they say, actually, you know, Dubai is still very regional? And I know you touched on kind of building global, but are you seeing that every day? You're seeing founders. So as a VC, would I see the deal flow being in Dubai? So, so I'll give you, I'll give you uh, sort of a few, some numbers from our latest sort of VC report. So from a regional play, the UAE has, you know, uh, 65 or 65 plus percent of all of the sort of funded scale-ups in 2023, 90% of them are based in Dubai. Um, okay. So even from a funding perspective, we're starting to get uh, and uh, to get that uh, those funds into companies that are based in Dubai. But what we're starting to see as well is, and and this is something that we do at Dubai Chamber of Digital Economy, where we visit the ecosystem a few times a week whether it's startup, enterprise, government, and and VCs, and et cetera. And we're starting to see larger number of companies, whether it's startups all the way to MNCs and unicorns, saying we we have plans to move uh, our tech teams to Dubai. The first example of that is with a startup that we met uh, in May. Uh, And they said, hey, you know what? They actually took us to where their engineers are, and they're saying, you know, these are, we just moved our engineers from Bangalore, uh, which was quite a question mark for us. And it's like, okay, why? Because usually we hear Dubai is very expensive. And then they said, actually, we did the math with the competition uh, for engineers, for example, in different parts of the world. It's actually much cheaper for us to have them here in Dubai because they keep getting 
whether it's you know better offers that they have to match and and it's causing yeah. them quite a headache that they can't focus on the product development while having them in Dubai. Not only does the quality of life standard allow for these engineers to have sort of better quality of life, but they can really focus on building something uh, that they can go global with. And we're starting to see to see that happening more so as well as companies in particular are, particularly those that want to go global, will have issues or have these challenges in terms of attracting talent. And Dubai is one of those few sort of pockets in the world that you can attract you know, uh, uh, people from all over the world uh, and they can be in one room without sort of, uh, uh, you know, talking to yeah. each other, but, but they can, but they can, you know, be in this, be, be together in one company, be able to, to focus on the product development, test it, get it out of, uh, out uh, in the, in the market. And, and Dubai offers that in, in a very seamless, uh, seamless way. You're, you're right. Cause we've touched on this in a couple of the episodes before it kind of, Dubai's geographical position and how yeah. that plays such a critical part in this. Mm-hmm. In terms of the VCs, now we're seeing that. I, I think you know this year for Expand Northstar, we have probably about I think seven hundred global funds joining the summit, and the the mix is I would say you know forty percent European, twenty American, mm-hmm. uh, and the other forty is kind of Asian African, but but they're all coming. You know, Dubai is kind of has put itself on the map. And I think the next slave is, you know, can I, can I be there and kind of almost kind of what can I expect from being in Dubai and, and seeing, which I think will be a fascinating, mm. interesting time now. Yeah. No, especially because, you know, one of the things that a lot of companies when they, or, or VCs, when they come to Dubai, they, and I'm sure Amal, you might've noticed this because of whether it's the free zones, whether it's the different jurisdictions, there are a lot of it's a good problem to have, but it's you know there are a lot of options for for yeah. both founders and VCs, right? And so that's one of the reasons that we're here as the Dubai Chamber of Digital Economy. We're an unbiased uh, organization, a nonprofit that you know works for the private sector. We're starting to become this gateway for many different organizations that you know they want to explore Dubai or they know that they they want to be in Dubai. How can they do that in in the way that one is cost effective and two that causes less headache that's something that you know we're seeing uh, more so and you know we're seeing even the ecosystem in particular from a government perspective as well really act as okay we know we're hearing you guys and then we're working on different initiatives you know there are some some for example some free zones that are going to that are saying you know what don't pay us for the first year in terms of setup costs, we'll give you the locations and, and things like that that are usually in prime prime locations in Dubai. What can we expect as a, as investors coming to Dubai in terms of support from the chamber? So you know, every every VC will say to you, "I'm trying to raise capital," or the cost of setting up. And we've seen that in the kind of mm-hmm. actually the UK over the last few years. Yeah, a lot of VCs have moved to the Lisbon or the Netherlands uh, for setup. What can we expect from you and the team? here in Dubai to support him. What, what's, what, I, what's on offer? And before we go there, Saeed, could I take us one step back or step out to just sure. ask you to, if you can help us understand the Dubai LP strategy, if I may put it like that. And, and here I'm not asking you 
uh, what Sharif is doing with with uh, the mm -hmm. Future District Fund because he would be talking about the investment strategy, right? Yeah. But here I'm 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 talking about the motivations behind having such aggressive LP investments coming from the region because yeah, it is absolutely. So we've now spoken a lot about the VC strategy of Dubai, right? Meaning yeah. the focus on the startups, focus on the tech community and, and all that. But you're also very active across the world with LP investments. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if there's a bigger strategy behind that or it's it's more everyone's moving to tech. And for that reason, and we have a lot of capital here. And for yeah. that reason, capital seeks where there's, there's best returns or is there a strategic goal behind so, it? So I think, I think you know, it's, it's and, and it goes back to to some of the challenges that I think, you know, you see uh, in particular in the UAE we're facing, right? Uh, uh, the main national challenges, I would say, are, you know, food, energy, and and water security, right? Even in terms of sector focuses, these are actually the reason why we, we're going to Mars, the reason why uh, we're doing what we're doing, right? So so I think one one of the aspects of that as to why we're, we're investing uh, not only abroad, but investing in tech is to be to know that, and we've seen this actually uh, as as the city developed, right? We saw how tech not only is able to uplift people's lives, but is able to transform countries and nations and and really uplift a, a country. And we're seeing how through tech, through science, uh, and even the the investments in R and D, not only are we able to offset the the sort of let's say the long term impact or the or when we sort of ship out the last barrel barrel of, of oil and gas, but we're able to peer into the future. Going back to to what what Tamar was mentioning earlier, really be able to to have a you know a door open into the future in terms of tech and what it can do. And how it, and how we can make the most out of it from a business perspective as well. So yes, there is we are offsetting from a strategic perspective, but there but it's at least the Dubai the Dubai mentality is it's very business focused. It's very sort of focused on how can this not only uh, be a potential a template uh, for for different companies uh, that Dubai can support, but even finding ways where it. Obviously, everyone ends up benefiting from a, whether it's from a return perspective. And now let's go to Mars' question then, which is more detailed. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking, look, a lot of the VCs come in here, and it's kind of linked to what Andres was saying. Look, buying Dubai could be a place I can find deal flow and invest from. I get all that geography. But actually, I want to raise capital, but also I want to set up efficiently. And I want to know, understand a bit more about the role the chamber can play with, mm -hmm. within that, yeah. if, you know, whether yeah. it be the family offices, the limited part of the LPs uh, or the funds of funds, or actually just the process of setting up and making my entry yeah. as easy as possible. Well, as you, you've touched upon one of the things, so we do have within the Dubai chambers, the uh, Dubai Family Business Center, right? right. So... What this is, is a center that really represents all business or family businesses in Dubai, whether it's from educating sort of the next uh, in line sort of leadership all the way to really having them going back to what, what you probably you want to hear is how do you find new ways of doing investment? See, that's, uh, that's what everybody wants to hear. See, it's not me. Yes. <laughs> and, and, no, and, and the thing is, you know, it's, it's quite, it's very clear and we do see it. We do see it a lot where, you know, 
yes, family uh, businesses are happy with you know real estate and, and sort of stock options and bond investments and all of that. But there is this appetite for venture. investing in, 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 in venture. And one of the things, and I think that's an opportunity for VCs, it's to actually be able to educate these, uh, a lot of the family businesses as to how to do it in the right way. A lot of them want to, um, but they don't know how to sort of get their hands dirty. That's one. The other thing is, you know, for many different uh, um, family businesses in particular, it's the focus is, you know, a VC comes in and says, you know what, I will take your money and invest it, you know, in, in Europe or somewhere else. For many family businesses, they do want to see some of that money staying here and in, in Dubai in particular, uh, or at least in the UAE. At least so, so for them, it's they're seeing the impact of the investment that, that they're making. But a lot of them, most of them are fine with, you know, a chunk of it going abroad or going to, to the portfolio of companies that these VCs already have. So it's just being able to to manage these aspects. Another thing as well is we are a trust-based society. And I think uh, for VCs who've done, you know, east of, of the UAE have done uh, any business, it's, you know, it does sometimes take time, uh, but uh, in particular with family businesses. But then once you get that trust, you're in, you're set. It's just how do you do that in in a, in a way that not only works for you, but is as well respectful to whoever your your sort of LPs are going to be. That's just one thing that we can do. Another thing within the chamber is we do have a program that we're launching the first week of October called Business in Dubai, uh, where it provides two things. One is market access. So okay. a VC can come in and say, you know what? I want to be in contact with X, Y, and Z. And we actually do that connections and we have right. we set the meetings and all of that. That's interesting. So, so yeah. they can come to you and say, I want to connect with family X and you'll make that introduction, that connection. Or is there yes. a pre-filter to this kind of? So, so there is. So, and I'll, and I'll share with you the website on our website at the Dubai Chamber, uh, Dubai Digital Chamber. It's our market access program right now. But yeah. what we're doing is in, in October and the first week of October, we're launching sort of the business in Dubai uh, program. What it does is, in addition to the market access, it even provides services to VCs, to entrepreneurs, founders, and the like, as simple as, you know what, I want uh, both connectivity, mm. setup, housing, you know, short-term rentals, mm. uh, um, free zones, um, banking as well, solutions. Yeah. That you know, yes, we know it's it's uh, it has been uh, a bit of a challenge for for companies and for VCs, but we're able to actually connect you to the right person and avail the services of Dubai uh, for companies uh, to be able to to really make the most out of the infrastructure and the products that Dubai has to offer. As I mentioned earlier, they're a bit scattered, and so what we're doing is we're actually putting it in one place. All you have to do, fill out a form. And we we do what what you would like us to do. Um, so this allow this you know cuts the time for both you know startups, founders, VCs significantly. As a result, we've been so soft launching it for those that have been sort of in touch with us for the past few months, and you know it just allows them to be able to smoothly land into Dubai and even be able to go beyond the challenges that exist previously. I think I think now that you've 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 mentioned this publicly here, I think you're going to be swamped 
one would request from the first week that's, of October. That's music to my ears. That's 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 all, that's all we're doing. I don't think it's a great initiative, and I think uh, you know, let's call it soft landing or market access. But also from a VC perspective, it's a massive, it's a it's a massive opportunity. We're now starting to think about expand North Star. We're only about four weeks away. Mm-hmm. You know, about seven hundred funds, seven hundred global funds, over four thousand startups. So I think from seventy plus countries are going to be in town. Lots of activity. What are you most excited about and what are you looking forward to? Well, what, what I'm really excited about, actually, it's the, a few things. One is it's going to be in a, in a new location um, yes. that's much bigger and much nicer. So that I'm looking forward to that. But then I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of the work that, that the team has done, whether it's ourselves and the, the folks at um, Dubai World Trade Center, come together in terms of the matchmaking and even the communications and the get-togethers between startups, founders, and VCs and investors. I think not only does that provide sort of investors from Dubai uh, with a wide range of potential opportunities to, to, to invest, but even vice versa, where investors from abroad be able to see uh, startups and founders and meet with them, establish relationships for the long term. And in geographies that usually, you know, they, it, either it's too far or it's a bit of, a, you know, a bit yeah. of a challenge to to get in touch with. You know, it's it's this platform, and I'm I'm really looking forward to people really utilizing it and meeting and and you know, getting to know expand North Star. But you know, for me, it's as well getting to know uh, Dubai on a more sort of the chambers wise. What what I'm excited as well is. We're launching something called uh, Launchpad Dubai that allows companies not only to explore, you know, the uh, the whole event and meet people, but if they are seriously interested in being in Dubai, we provide visa, start setup, right. banking, housing, whichever as well solutions on the spot as well for them to be able to to hit the ground running from there. So. So not only are we seeing the impact of, of the meeting with VCs, meeting with startups, but then uh, being able to see that impact happening in Dubai as well. Amazing. And, and that's, I guess that's aimed at companies looking to scale. So, and and it's, a, it's a great benefit. It's, um, yeah, it's actually actually to all, to VCs, uh, to MNCs, to, to, to everyone. Anyone listening in, if you feel like uh, like staying when you get there, you know where to head. Just get that visa done, and you won't have to go home to your, uh, your wife, wife and family. I think this has been so successful so far. So we have VC and family LP matchmaking at a drop of a hat. We have scale ups, accommodation, and housing at the drop of a hat, and we have the sunshine and expand Northstar all in one week. We've got all bases covered now. Yeah, we hope so. We hope so. And, we, you know, we look forward to seeing everyone coming in. So say just quickly, before we wrap up, if we, were, if we did this conversation again in, in, in a year or two years' time, where would you like things to be in, a, in an ideal? Everything goes well with the chamber and you're growing. Everything looks great. Where would, you, where would things be then? You know, from, from my perspective, so my aim within, within not just, you know, expand North Star, but as well with the, with the chambers is to be a step closer towards creating the perfect ecosystem for for everyone founders and vcs alike i think that's the role that we have not only 
as a chambers, but even as a city. I think that's what we pride ourselves in terms of, you know, the final goal that we have is to be able to create the right ecosystem for people to thrive. If we're one step towards that goal, if we're helping people be able to do what they need to do to thrive, to grow, to serve global markets, uh, then I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, yes. think, I think that's, that's a wrap from our end. And I think we'll wrap it on everybody thriving in global markets. Thank you, guys. And I was, I was just about to say to our dear audience, as you know, this is the podcast for insiders in VC. And for that reason, I decided to stay as much as possible out of this conversation because you deserve to hear the insiders talking instead of Andreas talking a bit about uh, about Dubai and not knowing anything. So Omar and Said, thanks a million for uh, being our superstars on this episode. Everyone listening in, thank you so much. If you're enjoying this, do drop us a view on podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And follow the pod on eu.vc. Tear down this wall. It's more than just an alliance. This, this is a union of values, of values, values. United and determined, we can serve as a model for other regions of the world. The nature of a problem, problem requires a European response. Europe is a story of new beginnings, new, new beginnings. Let's start acting, acting, acting.